Hi, I'm Erin Hartz. Welcome to Grace Plus Boundaries, a weekly memoir in a podcast. I've realized through the past decade of my recovery that I learn the most about emotional maturity through listening to the triumphant stories of others. Are you yearning to unpack the effects of intergenerational trauma in your life? Do you want to stay true to your feelings, yet also learn how to accommodate the sensibilities of your loved ones? I'm dedicated to cracking the code of combining boundary setting with grace towards one another. Educate, evaluate, and evolve. Let's do this together. Welcome back to another episode of Self-Care for Survivors of Trauma. Today I'm recording on Independence Day and I'm trying to stay in my grateful parts of myself that are grateful to live in the United States where we do have a lot of freedom in a lot of ways. I want to focus on that because there's certainly parts of me that feel pretty beaten down from some of the court decisions that have been made in the last couple weeks and those parts get to express themselves in other ways. Last week I was actually in a panel of women discussing those issues and when the that episode comes out on my friend's podcast I'll try to share it here but it was a really good discussion that we had about women's rights and our reactions to Road versus Wade being overturned and that kind of stuff. And I'll let you know if that comes out soon. So today I wanted to share this really fun story with you. It's the time that I met Oprah. So I didn't quite put that in the title because that is embellishing a little bit. I didn't exactly meet her, but I did lock eyes with her from pretty close. She looked right at me for a number of seconds. She saw me. So I want to tell you how that happened and what became of that whole thing. And I'll tell you that story. Um, So that's what I'm going to talk about today. And where that leads to is something I learned from her on that day and I was trying to cultivate in my life at that time was how to follow my creativity. So she gave me a great impulse in the right direction And that's what I'm going to talk about today. So about seven years ago, I was a fledgling writer. I mean, I'm still pretty fledgling in the writing department, but I mean, I really had just sat down to start writing anything. I had always wanted to write a memoir, um, a book of some sort. I started out trying to write like a children's book and really what I wanted to write was a memoir, but I was too scared to even admit it. And so I sat down to the computer, and um, maybe I've talked about this before, and just a ton of criticism came to the forefront of my mind, and all I could hear was my own critical voice, other family members' critical voices making fun of me, like, who? why would you have something to say? Who do you think you are? Um, your life is so boring. Who would want to hear about it? And, you know, just all this stuff. And I realized that I really hated myself, that I had all this criticism bubbling up inside me all the time. I started noticing it for the first time in my life, and I was, um, I don't know, 35, 36 years old, and I had not known that all these voices were going on in my head hating myself so much. And that was when I originally sought therapy, 
And eventually that led to me realizing I was in an abusive marriage that summer. And right after that, though, and when I started waking up and getting out of denial about the fact that I was not happy in the life that I had created for myself, that's when I got this opportunity to see Oprah live. So I always have been a reader of the O Magazine. I just love it. It's it's a really great magazine. I think my mom used to get it when I was a teenager and I started reading it then. And, you know, she used to watch Oprah, the Oprah Winfrey show when um, I was a kid. Like sometimes she'd turn it on in the afternoon if we got home early enough from school and I'd, you know, kind of watch here and there. But definitely in the summertime, we'd watch a ton of talk shows and and discuss those things. Gosh, I haven't thought about that in a long time, but we did have a lot of fun watching talk shows, Sally, Jesse, Raphael, and um, all those types of people. Um, it was really fun in the 90s. We enjoyed that, and there were always really interesting topics, right? And so I loved Oprah since then because she's like the best one, and she, the things that I really liked about her always were her spiritual talks, and I was just enthralled when she'd have people on there talking about spirituality undisconnected from religion because I hadn't really known that was a thing very much and I was really drawn to that whole idea of spirituality and I just didn't even know really what to call it yet. I just knew that sometimes Oprah would have guests on and I'd be really into it. So I started looking for all that kind of stuff, reading her magazines. I just became a major Oprah follower uh, in a lot of ways. So in 2015, I think it was, is when I, I don't know, was on the Oprah website. I don't remember if I saw some in the magazine or whatnot. Um, and I filled out some information. Do you want to be part of this, you know, Oprah thing that's going on at UCLA? And I lived a few hours from UCLA and I thought, yeah, I do. So I filled out the questionnaire and somehow they picked me. So um, what it turned out to be was it was a thing called the Super Soul Sessions and she had a TV show called Super Soul Sunday, which I was just a diehard fan of. I watched every episode. I loved that. And then these Super Soul sessions, she she invited, I think it was like maybe eight different influencers, different spiritual influencers of her people to come and give a 30-minute talk each. And then it was recorded, and I think she used it for building up her digital platform and podcasting and stuff like that. So you probably could find those talks. I think she has a podcast that's Super Soul Sunday or something like that, that you can go find those talks on. But so I got to bring somebody with me. I chose a friend of mine at the time, Sam, um, and uh, she was going to come with me. So we were going to drive up there because it was a few hours away from our house and stay in a hotel and then go to the Oprah thing the next day. Um, some of the people that were there were Ian Levanzan, Elizabeth Gilbert. There were a lot of other ones. Michael Beckworth. Um, I really like him. There was, you know, seven more or six more. And so they were all really awesome. Um, and I mean, Elizabeth Gilbert's like one of my personal heroes. And Ian Levanzan, oh my gosh, she's just hilarious and also just so good. Um, so I was so excited. Um, so we went up there, me and my friend, and we both had kids. Like, this was a big deal for us both to be out of the house for the night and staying in a hotel, hanging out together. And so we had fun and um, went to sleep. And then she actually had to wake up in the middle of the night 
and she had some issue of uh, somebody passing away in her family close to her something really sad happened and got a call in the middle of the night and so I had to drive her back halfway home so that she could meet her husband so we kind of met each other so in the middle of the night um, I drove her halfway back home met with her husband and she said goodbye she couldn't come with me she had to go take care of this issue so I had gotten barely any sleep you know just a couple hours but that wasn't going to deter me from going to see Oprah so I got up that morning and put on my nice dress and my new necklace and earrings that match and were all sparkly and I went to the the hall and I um, waited in the line and I didn't have anyone coming with me but I guess it was just God's plan because what happened when I sat there through all of those wonderful presentations was I just cried and cried and cried like it was like they were speaking this new language to me of inspiration and I needed it so bad because that was around that was exactly in the middle of the time that I was deciding if I was going to be getting divorced or if I was going to be moving to the east coast with this person that I didn't even know if I wanted to be married to anymore um, it was a really, really hard time in my life. And we had gone, me and my ex had gone to therapy, a bunch of different therapists who were all really poor, um, really bad therapists, um, and didn't help at all, made things worse, I'd say. And just a bunch of bad stuff had happened. And I, you know, I was starting to try to write, and I really didn't have a lot of time for it. My life was completely in upheaval. And so to sit there and hear all these inspiring messages from people, it was just food for my soul in a way that I hadn't felt in years and or ever, really, because I was really waking up spiritually. You know, I was starting to see what my life really was. I was in such thick denial for so long about the fact that I was unhappy and I mean, I'd been diagnosed that year when I went to therapy. My therapist diagnosed me with depression and anxiety, and I was really in denial about it. I remember I went home, and I told my husband about it, and he completely minimized it and was like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. You don't have any problems. And I was already kind of doing it to myself, but him also saying that it had no merit, you know, that I was diagnosed with these things made me just, you know, not take it seriously. And um, I still continued to go to therapy, but it wasn't, like, I kind of started getting back burner a little bit. Um, so I was going through a rough time. So Oprah was there sitting in the audience. You know, it was a big theater. So I was on, like, kind of the second floor, and... I had a really good seat. I could see really well. I could see Oprah down there watching everyone. And then at the end of the whole thing, Oprah came up and she talked for a little while. And she recited the poem, Phenomenal Woman. Um, and it was so beautiful. She did a great job. I mean, she's an actress too, right? So Maya Angelou, you know how much she loves her. And she recited the poem. It was just gorgeous. And then she said one thing, and it stuck with me, and I remembered it to tell you guys today, 
because when she said it, I thought, yes, I'm going to heed her advice. I'm going to do this. So she talked about how all of us in there had so much creativity. We were so ready to do something, to create something. Like, that's why they had picked these people. That's why they had picked me to be in the audience is we had to fill out all these questions about what we wanted for our life and what we were ex- working on and and inspired to do. And so she handpicked all of us to be there. And so she was talking directly to me and to everyone there. And she said, do it now. She said, don't wait. We need these people. We need creativity. We need inspiration in this world. We need spirituality in this world. Do it now. And I heard that and Well, that next year, I didn't, you know, write my book. I mean, I worked on it, you know, I was in the beginning stages. But her words really resonated with me like I can do something. It was like she was giving me permission to do the thing that I always wanted to do. And I ended up chasing that. And when I chased that creativity and kept making time for myself to sit down and write, I didn't end up writing something that I was able to publish, but I took that time for myself, even if it was 30 minutes a day or a couple hours on the weekend, and I would sit there and I would be, my wheels would be turning in that air of creativity. And that's, for me, what makes life worth living is that time that I get to spend in creativity. While I'm doing it, it's a little bit of work. It's fun, but like that really makes life worthwhile for me. And so as I've come into practicing that more and like how to bring creativity into my life, um, I started doing, you know, morning pages. Um, Julia Cameron's work talks about that. And, you know, and I still have not completely fulfilled that dream in the way I originally imagined but I've fulfilled that dream in the intention and it has led me on this path of making my life so much better so I really attribute part of that to Oprah's words that day and I attribute a lot of it to Oprah. I mean, she has just inspired me with all her people. Like, I am a Oprah-made girl. Like, she really has been my teacher, just like she is for so many. And, um, okay, so we'll get to the part now where, <laughs> where I actually locked eyes with Oprah. So, I would have never guessed this was going to happen, but after all the speakers and after Oprah came up and shared her advice... And we all clapped and cried and we're all happy. She let us all out. And I took a little trip around the campus. I just wanted to walk around a little bit more and kind of take my time in coming home. Like I was kind of processing all that I had gone through. It was so much to take in. So I took my time and walked around the UCLA campus. And when I came back up towards the parking garage ready to leave, I noticed that there was a medium-sized group of people waiting and looking at the door, which looked like the door to the theater, which I wouldn't have necessarily known that was an important door, but they were all standing there looking. And so being the human that I am, 
I stood there for a while too. And I think someone probably said like, they're all coming out that door. Or I saw, I think I saw one of the famous people coming out that door and leaving in their car. And, um, it, you know, it was one of the speakers. I don't remember which one and everybody clapping and saying hi, and they were taking videos on their phone and stuff like that. And so I stood there and stood there and eventually, lo and behold, Oprah comes out and something really strange, and I think it's a God shot, happened right then. All the other people, I'm talking every single one of the other people in that crowd had their phone out, pointed towards Oprah, or like pointed to the, towards himself trying to get a selfie or pointing, videotaping Oprah, right? Something weird happened where I had my phone in my purse. I try to turn it on. All of a sudden, doesn't work. Uh, hadn't happened before. Didn't happen again after that. But my phone wouldn't turn on my iPhone, right? So I just keep my phone in my purse. And I looked up and I smiled. And I saw Oprah walking towards us. And she walked, so she was pretty close. I'd say, you know, 10 feet away from me, maybe. And she looked at all of us, and then she noticed me because I was the only one standing there without my phone. And she locked eyes with me. And I smiled, and I said, thank you so much, Oprah. I had a great time. (laughs) It makes me want to cry because it really was a moment. And she was so otherworldly. She was really radiant. I mean, have you ever seen a person like this that you can tell is just connected to the universe? It, it almost is like Yoda or something, if you haven't ever encountered a person like this before. Like, I've seen a, one or two other people like this, where they just seem to have a halo towards them um, or around them. And I mean, she was just ethereal and present and kind of magical, but in an understated halo way. And it just felt so good to see her there and be able to say thank you. And it was so cool that she looked at me because I didn't have my phone out, you know, and there is a part of me that knew I wouldn't have taken my phone out anyway, possibly, because it would have been like, a dumb video anyway, because it would have been so far away, you know, like it wouldn't have been a great video. And I I don't know if I even would have used my phone that much. But um, I didn't have to because God took care of that for me. So that's when I met Oprah. And, um, you know, she probably doesn't remember that. (laughs) You think? Um, But I do. I sure do. And it really inspired me. Like it gave me a shock to my nervous system to where It's like it gave me strength. It gave me strength. It gave me hope. It helped me feel like I was on the right path. That's what it felt. I've heard people call that like a God wink. Like it gave me a wink from the universe. Like you are on the right right path. Keep going in this direction. And since then I have followed my creativity. You know, I started my voice lessons. I've been trying to write a memoir for a long time. Last summer I... um, put my son son in in camp for the day so that I could work on my memoir and I did like a 30-day memoir thing and I I spent some money to do another program to work on my creativity and that's what led to the podcast and you know so this is a whole journey and the podcast is something I'm 
proud of, um, but it's just one little thing, a one little way for me to express my creativity, and there's going to be more. I just know that if I keep on this path of where I'm doing something that expresses myself, like, that's a win for me. That means that I'm doing what I think I was born to do, and that makes me feel good. It makes me have a purpose. It helps me feel like this life is worth living. So thanks for listening, everyone. I want you to go out and do it now. Take Oprah's advice, whatever creative project you've been thinking of. Why not just try it? It doesn't mean you have to finish it. It means that it's going to lead to something else. And that's the magic. That's the magic of it. Have a good day. Bye. You deserve a big high five and a smile in the mirror for showing up for yourself today. Thank you for your dedication to introspection and self-awareness because our personal evolution is what will make this world a better place. If you enjoyed the episode, please give me a five-star review and share it with a friend. And let me know if you want to be a guest to share how you are navigating intergenerational trauma in your life. You're welcome to join my free monthly goal-setting workshop on the first Wednesday of every month. Just DM me at iHeartsAaron.